What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of Weekly Walk-Off on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And we are joined today by a very special guest, the host of the Walking Off pod, another esteemed member of Blue Wire Hustle, Francisco Castro, potentially one of the best guest getters in the game. Francisco, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. Let me turn my mic down, actually. Yeah, it's going well. And uh, yeah, guest, um, you know what? I shoot my shot a lot and um, I get a lot of no's, a lot of no answers, and then some come on. So yeah, I'm always excited to, to have special guests. But yeah, I'm excited to come on this podcast as well. I feel like people would be surprised by how often people might respond. So I think yeah. that's a good, uh, good kind of token of advice here. But for, sure. for, for people who are listening who know exactly what we're going to do here, we've had a bunch of different team-specific people on from the Blue Jays to the White Sox. Francisco is all Brewers. It's the perfect time to have him on mm-hmm. because the Brewers have just clinched their fourth straight trip to the postseason. I believe they were the third team to clinch before the – Tampa Bay Rays, which was today, Wednesday, mm-hmm. as we record. But that's yeah, pretty big. Because the Giants, trying to the, the Giants, the Padres. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Dodgers, yeah. Dodgers. Uh, Padres. Uh, <laughs> I almost said Padres, Padres but... dreaming. <laughs> Going in the opposite direction. But I have Not to happening. start with this because I really think it's the only way to start the conversation about the Brewers. Tell me what your expectations were for the big three of pitchers and Brandon Woodruff. Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, and how have they exceeded your expectations so far this season? Yeah, it's funny actually. Heading into this into the season, I had a couple different guests, like local radio guys, and a couple different people on, and we had asked ourselves that question: like, what is going to be the strength of this team? What's going to be the weakness? And we thought the strength was going to be their offense, and the weakness would be pitching because mm-hmm. we knew what Corbin Burns did last season, but it was a short season. Uh, we knew what Brandon Woodruff did, but again, it was a short season and we weren't sure if they could replicate what they did. And then Freddie Peralta for, he was, you know, highly touted um, and he we gave him an extension and all that. And oh, excuse me. And, um, but he was pretty predominantly fastball and we call him fastball Freddie. And over the off season, he developed a slider. Uh, sometimes it looks like a curveball, but sometimes he throws it as a slider. Uh, he calls it all everything a slider, but sometimes it looks more like a curve. But either way, he added that extra pitch, and he's looked phenomenal. We thought, will he be coming out of the bullpen? Uh, I had one guy tell me, he said, maybe he'll be like a closer in the future, but we did not expect him to be this dominant. And yeah, so it flipped because this season, our strength has been our pitching, and the weakness at times has been our offense. If you look at the past couple of games, we've been struggling against a Cardinals team who I thought, I thought this was going to be the Cardinals team that we would see all season. Mm-hmm. I expected them to have the division. I actually predicted the Brewers to not make the playoffs because I, I thought the Cardinals would be so good, especially adding Arenado to that team yep. that was already deep. And I thought the Padres would be so much better than they are now. And I thought your Mets would be uh, that other wild card. Oh, spot. so did I. <laughs> so I thought the Brewers would be on the outside looking in, but no, they've. And you know what? Prior to that Willie Adamas trade, they probably would have been on the outside looking in. But credit to the front office, they saw what needed to be done and they made that move. And it was really unexpected, but it's turned out to be one of the best uh, trades all, all <laughs> of the whole season of uh, any team, actually. 
And we got in with months more. We got them so much earlier than the trade deadline, which I don't know why teams don't do that more often. I so yeah, agree. That's a great point. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, and if we would have traded for him at the trade deadline, we would have had to give up more than what we gave up to get him. And we gave up two really good relievers. And anytime the Rays come calling for a reliever, you know they're going to be good. Keep and close. anytime they're giving yeah. you a reliever, you know, like, oh, man, <laughs> what are we getting? <laughs> um, but, you yeah, know, it's it's been uh, it's been a crazy up and down season uh, for this team. But, yeah, they've pretty much exceeded all expectations, especially with this front three uh, starting rotation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you look at it with that front three, the lowest effectiveness for ERA plus is 159 in Peralta, which is still 59% better than league average. And that is the worst of the three. I, I think that's absolutely incredible. But going into it, the question that I had, you know, on June 1st, the Brewers were 29 and 25. Since then, obviously, we think we know they have been on fire. What do you think was the big thing that changed for them to go from a team that was absolutely in contention to now one of the you know better teams in the National League? Yeah, um, in May, I can't exactly think of the exact day that they traded for uh, Adamus, but at that time, they had lost maybe 13 to 16. They were swept in a four-game set by the Phillies. They were swept by Kansas City. And the overall like vibe of this team was not very good good like even me as a podcast uh host covering this team like me and my co-host were like what do we talk about like this is so depressing mm-hmm. this team that was playing so well and then now they're losing almost every seat uh, series they're getting swept um and then they made that trade and not too long afterwards like something snapped or switched like a, fl- a switch flipped on this team and a lot of it has to do with Adamus and mm-hmm. the the um i want to say the winning atmosphere that he brought to this team because if you think about what he did on the Rays, his first season in 18 uh yeah 18 they barely missed a postseason they were winning i think they had like 90 something wins and they missed it to oakland who had a couple more than they did the next season they're a wild card team they beat oakland and then the next season they're in the world series so he's all he's all he's known has been winning and he's brought that really high energy to this team and I think it's really infectious what he was able to bring. And I think it just kind of gave this whole team more confidence. The pitching was always there. We've always had this whole season. The pitching has just been phenomenal. But like the timely hitting that wasn't there, um, even when they would get behind late in games, like we knew they couldn't win because they didn't have that like fighting spirit kind of. And that that's really been like the biggest thing is just like their whole attitude has changed because it's the same players. You just added one guy, which shows how incredible like he has been to this team um, in that of itself. So it's kind of hard to really pinpoint like what changed, but just having him added to that team, I think that was a huge key. And like, you can always just look at the record after we've had him, like it's been incredible. Um, But yeah, I think that's really the biggest thing is that just having him added to the team and like the whole attitude that he brought. And like, you can see him, uh, I think his first game, he wasn't even playing. Someone hit a home run and he was the first person jumping over to greet them I and high five them. And you just think of that. You're like, wow, like this guy has like that high energy. And um, he just came from the World Series. So he has postseason experience. And for whatever reason, like he couldn't hit at the drop. And I mean, I don't blame him. That <laughs> place is a dump, you know? Um, but yeah, like. Oh, sorry. Finish your no, point. Sorry no, you're that. good. Go ahead. Pat and I are, are on the same page that we believe the trap should just be torn down. If Burn only it. because of Willie Adamas. Yes. 
it's and so Oakland funny right after that exactly yeah, for real we it's actually a great point that you bring up and i hadn't put the two and two together willie adamas is just used to winning period mm-hmm. He's part of that culture. And I think that's a really unquantifiable thing. Mm-hmm. And before we move completely over to the offense, which I also think deserves to be talked about plenty. I had one last question about the rotation yeah, to ask you. Of about. Course. You, you had um, Kyle Holden on and you guys brought up a really interesting discussion on your podcast, your recent podcast episode about how the brewers now have the luxury of being able to configure their own. Um, yes rest and then playoff rotation for, for sure. likely the ALDS against the winner of the NL East, which I think is huge. Yeah. Are you, what generally, what are your thoughts on that? Are you for, I think Kyle called it almost a spring training. You could throw burns in there for four or five innings, have them throw yeah. maybe 80 pitches. And then you don't have to rely on him to get out of potentially high leverage situations because they've already clinched. Do you like that type of luxury? And do you think, that will do you think that won't harm any sort of um how how they play in the playoffs well there's always that question of like risk or like um rest versus like um how do you how i don't know how to put it but like you worry that they take too much time off and then exactly. risk versus rest or rest rest versus rest or whatever yep mm-hmm. um but yeah no kevin i think kevin holden is that who you're talking yeah. about yes so he's the spanish play-by-play voice uh for the brewers on um, maybe once or twice a month for Telemundo. Uh, super cool guy. He's a CBS director over here in, in Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, so he, to his point, he was saying that this team has the luxury, unlike the Dodgers and unlike the Giants, mm-hmm. and really any team in the AL or say the NL who is trying to not be that wild card team, except maybe the Cardinals, because they know that's pretty much they're locked into that, in that, to that spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the Dodgers, they can't afford to rest any pitcher, any starter. They have to come, you know, make sure they get the best out of everyone so they can avoid that one game wild card. Because the way the Cardinals are playing right now, you don't want to play the Cardinals no. the way they're, they're, they're I think they have ton, 10 in a row, possibly 11 after tonight. We'll see what happens when they're playing the Brewers. But yeah, so the, the Brewers do have that opportunity to um, rest their starters. And Craig Council has been really good this season at. Um, using a six-man rotation. Sometimes we see Hauser going four or five innings, um, and then another pitcher um, goes after him or vice versa. Same thing with Lauer. And the fact, the effectiveness of Brett Anderson to an extent whenever he's not injured, um, and Lauer and Hauser has enabled Council to trust them enough to give them starts and and, and enables this whole season to really rest his starting pitching. And that's going to be so key into the postseason when, like I said, teams like the Giants, they can't afford to set up their, their their rotation they want to go or whatever team. For example, like if you think about the Cardinals and when they get to the actual wild card game, well, you don't know what starter they're going to have available. Same thing with the Giants or the Dodgers. But the Brewers, yeah, they can they can arrange it the way they want. And it'll probably be Woodruff, Burns, Peralta mm-hmm. or uh, however Council wants to do it, maybe Burns. But I would go I would go Woodruff starting game one just because I feel like I feel like he's handled big moments better than Burns. If you think like his last start when it was on national TV, he didn't do as well. He was still really good, um, but it wasn't up to his standards. And then like the All Star game, he gave up a couple hits. So I feel like sometimes in big moments, I don't always have the confidence in him. I feel like he will be good. He won't be just exceptional. But Woodruff, I feel like he is never the moment's never too big for him. 
so I would put him game one. But yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Like, I mean, yeah, they'll be rested, but I don't think they'll be rusty. I feel like they'll they'll get in their innings. The only thing that that concerns me is Burns in the Cy Young race because if innings is going to be an issue True. for him versus Scherzer or whoever it may be, he may be fighting that to try to yeah. get those extra innings. Um, He's already to, behind. Yeah, it's because yep. he missed a couple with COVID and all that. So mm-hmm. that's it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's so interesting. And it's just funny when you're talking about stacking rotations, because even if you get the third starter in that Dodgers rotation, it still could potentially be a Cy Young winner and Walker Bueller. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a different conversation there, but obviously <laughs> yeah. the Urias point is too. He's really yeah. very well season. taken. Yeah, definitely. No, and on setting up rotation as well. You know, if it is the Braves, the Braves are in a dogfight right now to win the mm-hmm. NL East, which I did not expect was going to happen. But the Phillies have really made it close over these last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. it doesn't look like they're going to have the luxury of being able to coast right. into the playoffs either. Uh, I agree with you that I would go Woodruff game one. Um, but so I, I know obviously a lot of the focus is on the pitching. The offense, as we are here in September, they're hitting 234 as a team, which I believe is 26th in baseball, if I'm remembering correctly. Does yeah. Does that make you nervous heading into the postseason, especially thinking about, you know, how how well that Giants rotation has performed? You just talked about how good the Dodgers are. I know the Braves rotation isn't on the same level as either the Brewers, Dodgers or Giants. But do, does that make you at least, you know, question about what the ceiling could be? Um, It, it gives me concern. Like if mm-hmm. you just look at the past series or this current series against the Cardinals, we haven't been able to do much. Um, but all the games that we've played this series have been close. And that's what the Brewers pitching exactly. allows them to do. It keeps the games close enough so that all they need to do is get that big hit. And Adamas hasn't really been playing much. He's missed a ton of games or just recently, at least. And he's now kind of easing back in. And um, you have to think about, I mean, I'm not saying they're coasting right now, but I think the urgent, the sense of urgency isn't necessarily there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if they had one issue, I would say it would be their offense, but at times this offense has put up huge numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of random, they don't have like a lot of power hitters, but they have a lot of hitters with decent enough power where like Urias, like he has a ton of home runs now and, um, Adamus. And I hate that when he switched from the American league, all his stats, like, no. <laughs> they're gone. We hate that. We've talked <laughs> Never about that. We have talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. Oh, it drives me nuts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And but I, I think they'll find enough offense. And I'm hoping because Emma did say that Jackie Bradley Jr. turns it on in the postseason. So she gave me a little bit of hope. <laughs> oh, man. That... Un- unless he horribly disappoints. But he does. He does come up and he makes that sub 200 average makes you forget it in the postseason. And that's really the, the Yelich hasn't been Yelich all season. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, he just needs to get hot for a series and he can carry the team. And same thing with Adamus, even Eduardo Escobar that they got from the Diamondbacks. He was an all-star. And yep. I mean, of course, it's like he's an all-star kind of like how Danny Vogelbach was an all-star in like what, 16 or whatever, when he was on the Mariners, um, just kind of every team needs one. Um, but he's no slouch at the plate. And uh, and then we look at what um, uh, Rowdy Teles has been able to provide for this team whenever he's up there and healthy. And he's he's kind of battling injuries as well. Um, Kane, he's had postseason experience, and I think that's going to be really key because um, he's been in the uh, in the World Series. Jackie Bradley Jr. has been in the World Series. Adamas has been in the World Series. So th- these point. guys, I think these veterans, they understand the gravity of the situation when they're in the postseason. Um, I mean, you look at the Astros last season. 
they were under 500 and they're offensively they were struggling and everyone was so happy because like oh then you know they can't score without ca- trash cans and all that <laughs> and then the postseason comes around and they they all just turn it back on and you're like wow like that's crazy and i had uh blum on uh the astros color analyst and he gave mentioned that as well saying you know he never really believed in that whole mental switch until he saw that astros team um and i as a warrior fan myself like growing up in california we saw that with the Warriors, like during the regular season, they're like, yeah, we'll coast to, you know, mm-hmm. a ton of wins. And then in the postseason or playoffs, we'll just turn it on and they would do that. Um, so, I mean, I'm hoping that this offense isn't going to be an issue. Um, the pitching is going to keep it close and that's in the bullpen is going to keep it close and they always keep us in game. So the Brewers are not going to get blown out. Um, knock, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> you know, in the postseason, things, you know, things happen. You see Kershaw get lit up and you see right. really good pitchers get lit up. Um so it's, it just depends, but uh, their pitching is good enough so that they don't have to score a ton of runs. They just have to score enough runs. And maybe that's one zero, two zero, um, a big home run here in late innings. That may be the recipe. So we'll have to see. But like if, if they're, I can't say I'm not concerned because obviously <laughs> they don't, they're, you could just look at the numbers offensively and like we're runners in scoring position. Like this team is probably one of the last teams. But they won a lot of games and you know they're first in their division by a decent amount and their success their formula has been pitching and that's you know it's just hit enough hit enough timely hits so uh yeah i mean it's we'll have to see what happens but yeah that would be that is it can be concerning but i'm not entirely too concerned just based on the effectiveness of our pitching yeah yeah and it it took me so long to jump on that train because I think it so goes against the grain of what works in baseball. I was so high on their pitching. I've always been so high on their pitching. But if you had said that Avi Garcia would basically be fronting this offense, I would have laughed you away and said, that's not going to work. It's really been the, the timely hits. And then you hope that that postseason experience kind of uh, fuels it later, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But I have to focus specifically on Yelich. Pat, go, go ahead. I No, I was just a quick, but like, Pitch it. We see it year after year. Pitching wins in the postseason, and the Brewers oh, yeah. have it in surplus. I, I would be shocked if they're playing in slugfests come October. So that's why I do think that I, while the offense, yes, it can be a little concerning that it's not they're not always putting the ball in play, but they've got enough firepower with the front run of that rotation. I'm going to ask a question about the bullpen in a little bit. Um, that they, I think that they absolutely are contenders come October. Yeah, this team. Oh, I think there have to be favorites at this mm-hmm. point. This team reminds me of the 14 Royals. When they didn't really hit a ton of home runs, so and we funny. Kane, That's what Kane I thought on that team. Yeah. Um, and then they really short in the game, so that if you get to the sixth inning, you couldn't score in the Royals. Yeah. You and you can't really score in the Brewers either. Um, late innings, and that Royals team swept all the way to the World Series until they ran into Madison Bumgarner, who, well, <laughs> you know, was Madison Bumgarner and did his thing. But uh, and then this, the next year they were back in the World Series. And yeah, you're won. giving me flashbacks. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> it's what the and then they went back to the same strategy in 2015 and it worked. So no, yeah. I, I think you're totally along the the same line. Isn't it funny too that it seems like pitching dominates the NL, and mm-hmm. I am more than certain if an AL team that's not named the Rays makes it to the world series. It'll be because of their offense. Mm-hmm. And of course yes. the Dodgers and the giants are scoring the most runs, all of that, but really the Dodgers are nowhere without how much pitching depth they have. Sure. Same with the giants starting rotation, the Brewers, big three, obviously. And then all these AL teams, 
it's the Astros hitters that are going to step up. The it's Blue the Chica- Jays. Yeah, yeah Blue, Chicago, exactly. the Blue Jays, even the Red Sox lineup. So it's it's kind of a funny dynamic. I've always said I think the NL is much, much, much stronger than the AL this year. I wonder if that's going to change next year when the DH comes. Mm-hmm. If that whole, if they switch their like, mindset of, you know, we can start hitting more. I don't know. I mean, I love, I love the DH. I can't stand watching pitchers hit. Me too. <laughs> so I can't, I can't wait for that change. Too. I'm yeah, so I was pro pitcher for the longest time. We yeah. had it last. I we had it last year in the National League, and I'm like, please don't go back. Where uh, yeah. mm-hmm. let's stick with the DH, and I definitely think it'll be in from next year on. Yeah. Once you have it, it just really doesn't seem necessary for mm-hmm. Jacob Degrom to sit in there and potentially get injured. That's mm-hmm. just what I think of. But so let's go back to Yelich. You mentioned him. I have to focus on him a little bit mm-hmm. because I don't know how you can't be concerned at this point. He had a little bit of a resurgence. August, and then I'll give you some numbers quick on his September 17 games. This was at the beginning of the week. He's batting 203 with a 511 OPS. He hasn't hit a home run since August 21st, and he only has seven RBIs. When I came on your show a while ago, also you said that the A's were going to get the wild card. Uh, I didn't know their bullpen was going to turn into <laughs> crap. <laughs> Anyways, just had to get that in there. They're only two but, and a half back. Yeah, they're still I know. It, does, it seems so insurmountable at this point, but it does. Uh, we know the, injury, make it. We know the make back it. is an injury that just players can't shake and it continues to haunt them for so long. Yeah. But where has the power gone? You know, that's a good question. Just looking at what he's done, like when he has like been on the field and he, Prior to the All-Star break, he missed a ton of games. Um, his defense was always there. He was getting a lot. He was getting on uh, on base a ton. He was walking a lot. But yeah, the power hasn't been there. And honestly, I, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, if it's a back thing. And like you said, those back things never really go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of reminds Brewer fans of Ryan Braun because he started having issues as well. Um, and they signed him to that that big contract. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, it's kind of weird to like, and then people like, on the Brewers Twitter, they're like, well, you know, we, we want the power of Braun ba- or uh, Yelich back. We, we don't want Yelich who just walks a lot. Um, but I honestly, if, I have no idea where the power went. Like, I can't. It's hard to explain looking at what he was in 18 and 19. He was unstoppable. Yep. Um, we saw his MVP season. He could have won it again, but he got that injury. Um, but yeah, it's point. just. Yeah, the kneecap, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was on a roll. It was like the commercials when it was him and Bellinger hitting. Yeah, home, you know that was a you know really good commercial. Um, yeah, that's not, that's not, yes, it's not often MLB does something right, right in promotion. Uh, <laughs> We've so talked him, about that many times. <laughs> credit where credit is due. Um, but yeah, no, I have no idea. Like I can't even explain. I don't. I don't have any thoughts on where his power went. I don't know if he's changed his swing. Um, yeah, it's just every once in a while. And he, he hit that grand slam a couple of weeks ago. He had a two-homer game, and everyone was thinking, all right, he's back. This is it. And um, me and my co-host, we were thinking, okay, he's back. And like this is if he's back, then the Brewers have to be considered favorites uh, at this point in the NL. But you know what? I mean, I think that this team has really learned how to operate um, without him. And Adamas has really stepped up, obviously, and then other players have stepped up as well. And if he does come back and like we get what we had in 2018 when we were in the playoffs. Right. Like I said, this it, it's he's going to be unstoppable and he can carry the team for a series. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just in a slump. He's, it's it's really um, it's frustrating because 
we gave him that big contract and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be the face of the franchise. He's going to, you know, bring us some relevant relevance as a team in the, you know, a small market. Um, but no, it's just, it's, he's never been fully healthy. And if they, if you ask him like after the season, like, you know, he probably would say like, you know, I haven't been healthy all season, but that's just something he's going to battle through. And I mean, as long as he's getting his walks, he's giving good defense. I mean, at this point, that's kind of like, this is, it is what it is. Right. And I think, I actually think that looking at him just through the power scope is actually a terrible take. Pat could talk about Francisco Lindor. He could soliloquize about Francisco Lindor and that value he adds to the team besides just that OPS number or that slug. Yeah, don't look at that average, but yeah, or that average. But it's <laughs> who just, looks at average anymore? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's alarming the drop, and it's honestly alarming the drop that Bellinger has had too. But you yeah. still think of the potential of both of those guys, honestly. Oh, yeah. And I totally agree with you. It's gonna come out at the end of the season that he was barely able to walk. The pain was so bad and he was still able to string these games together. So mm-hmm. I always think it's it's worse. But then again, if he shows up in the postseason, we mentioned it when we talked earlier a couple of weeks ago, one at bat could change everything. It oh, doesn't sure. matter. Mm-hmm. One at bat can change your entire narrative for the entire regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, without a doubt. Um, and then I have one more question. I think sure. Emma has one more question. So obviously Josh Hader and Devin Williams get, get all of the, the publicity for how dominant they are at the back end of that bullpen. If you had to pick one other reliever that you had to trust to get the ball to them, which one would it be? That's a good cue. Uh, at this point, probably Boxberger, just been mm-hmm. based on what he's done and his experience. experience. He was a closer. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he has that that in the bag, really. Um, and he's been in big game situations and high leverage situations. The Brewers made a ton of like really small trades. And when that it happened, like when they got Jay Cousins and when they got um Hunter Strickland, I'm like, Hunter Strickland, I haven't I don't remember him since he Try to punch Bryce Harper. (laughs) (laughs) But both of them have been playing really key roles on this team. And uh, Cousins hadn't, he didn't give up a run for his first several starts. And he went a really long stretch without giving up a run. Um, Now he's kind of not fallen off, but he's kind of come back to down to earth a little bit. Mm. I think Boxberger, just based on the the experience that he has as a closer um, and a really good closer at that. Um, and just looking at what he's done all season, he's been he's been pitching really well. He's kind of been that seventh inning guy along with Cousins. Um, I wouldn't give it a Suter. Suter is more of a ground ball pitcher, and he has tendencies. If someone's on base, <laughs> some, more often than not, I feel like they score. Um, and then it doesn't go against his ERA, which I hate that in baseball too. And um, obviously, it's up to the pitcher to not get him on base. But when a reliever comes in, runners on scoring position or runner run on base. Uh, with him, I feel like often, more often than not, they score. So I wouldn't really give him the ball. But um, yeah, I would probably go Boxberger, Cousins, Strickland. Like at this point, you, re- you really can't go wrong with any yeah. of them. But I think in a high leverage situation, like I think the ball is going to Boxberger. Yep. I what about agree. Ashby too? Oh, don't get me started on Ashby. <laughs> I love Aaron Ashby. Um, I compared him to what David Price did when he he was uh, a rookie um, when he was on the uh, the, the uh, Jays no not the Jays uh, the Rays, Rays. the Rays um, yeah. as as a rookie he had been called up maybe a few weeks before and he was closing in Game Seven in the ALDS to send them to the World Series um, you think like Sonny Gray and uh, was it fifteen or six, maybe four thirteen or fourteen he went toe to toe with Verlander. 
uh, Waka from the Cardinals when he was a rookie. He went into postseason. He threw a ton of games. He went toe to toe with Clayton Kershaw. Um, there's a ton of good rookies. K Rod is the one I also mentioned. How uh, in, in 02 when he was on the Angels, um, he was similar to David Price. He had just come up and he just dominated. A lot of it had to do with his stuff, but also because no one really had tape on him. Mm-hmm. And Ashby has just been able to come in and just throw gas. He has a changeup. He has a slider. Um, take away that one start against the Cubs, and like he's just been lights out. And like his <laughs> his like sink, uh, sinker's like 98, 99, and then he has a changeup, and then he has a slider. It's like, oh my goodness. Like if people aren't used to seeing him in American League teams, if they get to the World Series and they haven't faced him at all. Like he's just he's unhittable. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that's that's the case, and they they give the ball to him. Sure. Um, but I and I would I would love to see him in the eighth inning spot. I just don't know if at this point, just based on Boxberger's resume, if maybe they have more confidence in like what he's done over his career. I it's just I know, but yeah, no, you can't go wrong. Like like I said, with any just any other relievers are so good. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So I wanted to mention the end of the season schedule. And again, they've clinched, so it doesn't really matter, but they have two more against uh, the Cardinals Wednesday and Thursday. This drops on Friday. And then they've got their last three home games against the Mets and they finish on the road at C- at St. Louis. I'm sorry if I said Seattle before at St. Louis at the Dodgers. My last question to you, Francisco mm-hmm. is what would success be in terms of outcome for this team in the playoffs this year? In the playoffs or in this final week? In the playoffs. I would. So actually, I asked Kevin this question too, because I'm like, Kevin, this team has been to the postseason three times, and this is their fourth time. I mean, at this point, like getting to the postseason isn't good enough anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't start winning and advancing in 2018, they came out of nowhere. Like they were good, but no one thought they would go to game seven against the Dodgers with a chance to be in the World Series. Um, of course, they probably would have got swept. <laughs> in the world series because that team was oh man they were good but um (laughs) then the next two years they were one and done so it's like you know they've done it already like it's not good enough just to go to the postseason if they're not they need to go to the alcs they they can't they the division series they have to win that uh they have to go to it has to be game six game seven of the ds or cs um to for me to consider it a success because if you look at their pitching like they can go toe-to-toe with anybody they can go toe-to-toe with the dodgers they faced the Dodgers. They, you know, they shut down the Dodgers. They've swept the Padres. Um, they played well against the Giants when they were fully healthy. The first time they, we had a lot of COVID and all that. So um, we were using our like B relievers or B lineup and all that. But when we face them healthy, like we, we show the, you know, the Giants, you know, that we're not a team just to go away easily. Um, so, yeah, if they, I, I think, I really think this team can make the World Series. Like, I think this team is really good enough. Um, I mentioned Jeff Blum. I had him on and he told me like he told one of his coworkers that he can see the uh, the Brewers in the postseason or the World Series against the White Sox. And I said, wow, you know, that would be so this our pitching versus the White Sox lineup like that's just that's going to be so be good awesome. for TV. Yeah. Um, similar to the Astros. I think it's going to be the Brewers and Astros. I think the Astros, when it's all said and done, I think they're going to be in the World Series again. And I think they're. I think their postseason just experience and resume is really going to step up for them. Similar to last, they're one game away from the World Series last year. Um, so like I think, always. say again? It seems like they're always one game away. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the Giants are another team. Whenever they get in, uh, they're just really good. And, um, and the Cardinals, like 
like I can't like I think the Cardinals like we, you can't overlook them like they can win the wild card and then next thing you know they're in the ALCS and you know I was like it's I don't want that to happen but uh so <laughs> but I mean I think yeah I think they have to be really competitive in the ALCS in order for this team to be considered season to be considered a success um if you would have asked me the beginning of the season I would have been like just the playoffs but now sure. I'm like no this team is good enough to go in this team's good enough to win and like I don't I don't think there's a better rotation the Dodgers obviously they have what they have but I, I think this team has the talent to win it all I always love asking people those questions because I think it's Mm -hmm. such a good way to see where expectations meet the reality too. And we're running out of time, so I can't spin this to you, but we didn't mention Adrian Hauer or Eric Lauer, who I think are the keys to this team, because as good as the big three are, if those two guys aren't clicking, I don't think this team is where it's in. I love them. I think they deserve a ton of credit. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, like if they weren't playing well, Council, he wouldn't be able to do a six-man rotation. Um, and Excellent point. Yes. Anderson has been able to do that. Um, he's <laughs> injured, which is his whole career. Uh, yeah. Um, so many times he's been injured all the way back to when he was drafted in Oakland. Um, and then, but yeah, so Lauer has been really pitching really well. Um, Hauser's been pitching really well. And then Council also has piggybacked them. So he would start um, a starter and go four or five innings and then have Hauser go in, finish the game. Um, so yeah, like if they were not pitching the way they're pitching now, like this team would not be where they are at because council would have to use his pitchers more often. Perhaps somebody gets hurt. Uh, they can't really sustain injuries if, you know, the depth isn't there. So yeah, no, I, I have to, uh, agree with you hundred percent. Like this team without Hauser and Lauer, they wouldn't be as good as they are now because they really set up the rest of the rotation. Cause if you think of teams, like most teams have a really, really good one, two, they have a decent three and then four and five is like, well, like, please just keep us in the game, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no Lauer, he's pitched really well and you know, Hauser's pitched really well. So yeah, I mean, I think our four and five and six can go toe to toe with most four, five, fours and fives of any rotation. So I think that's really been key to this team. Great. Yeah. No, definitely. Francisco, tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. So you can find us on the Walk and All podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your podcast, YouTube channel. We have a ton of great content. We have uh, the podcast mostly is Brewer stuff, but on the uh, the YouTube channel, I talk a bunch of other teams. Um, like I said, I've had Emma on to talk to some Red Sox. I've had a couple guys talk on the, about the Yankees. Jeff Blum's been on. Um, Andre, uh, the, the Indians um, sideline reporter, he's been on talk Indians. Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really good, fun playoffs. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, I'm sorry your Mets won't be in there. <laughs> I'm you used know. to it. It's all right. <laughs> no more meet the Mets, you know. <laughs> no, it's it's been rough lately. But like I said, I'm used to it at this point. We'll see how the team gets blown up this winter. <laughs> yeah, and I think Red Sox will be in there. Um, but I don't I don't think they'll go far. No, I just think the Astros and the, and the White Sox are so good. They, they really are. No. No, you're right. But thank you so much, Francisco, yes. for coming on. That'll do it for us. Then be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a rating as well, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Did You Hear Pod. We are bat flipping into the weekend. Emma, Francisco, that's a wrap. <laughs>